I want to talk to you today about what I began the series last Sunday. I just want to tell you, God's invitation is for us to come close. That's what that I came back here to Camden with was those two words burning in my heart. When God, I could hear by His Holy Spirit, He was saying, come close. Now, in the Bible, uh, we find that it says, move your heart closer and closer to God. And He will come even closer to you. Now, the initiative is on us. He said, if you will come close to me, then I will come close to you. I don't know about you, but I'm praying that God birth a desire in every one of our hearts that we're no longer satisfied with the mundane religion that we have, that we're determined we're going to have a supernatural experience with a supernatural God. And I want to tell you, there is there has to be that. There has to be that in each of our lives. The God dealt with me over the word encounter. God began to speak to my heart that He wanted to have a spiritual encounter with every person here. I don't believe that God wants a person, one of His children, to think that He can't touch them and they can't know Him. Now, the thing about in the world, there's natural laws. Now, the, the natural laws that, that control this world, the, the world system as we know it, but when you become a believer, you're gained another sense. And it's the spiritual sense. All of a sudden, you no longer just have five physical senses, but your spirit has become alive. You've gained another spiritual sense. And with that other spiritual sense, I'm supposed to be able to see God. Not here, but I can see God. How many of you can see God right here? Right in out of your heart. There's, the Bible says that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened. So we gain this other sense that helps us to see God, although the world can't see God. We can hear God, although the world... That's why Jesus said, He that has ears to hear, let him hear what I'm saying. Because Jesus is speaking this morning, but He's speaking not to these physical ears, but He's speaking to those spiritual ears that God has birthed on the inside of us. So we have the ability inside of us now as a believer. Everybody say, as a believer... Say that in your car. Would you say, as a believer, as a believer, God's birth inside. That's the born again experience. That's where Jesus said, We've been born of the Spirit. So inside of us has been birthed this unique ability to see God and to hear God and to even feel God. But I'm amazed at how there's people that love God, but they've never ever sensed, they've never seen the Lord in their heart, they've never heard God say anything to them, and they don't know what it is to have the hand of God placed on them as a touch. I don't believe that should be the norm. I believe the normal should be exactly what the book of Acts tells us that the church is to be like. We had to go back to our rule book. We have to go back. If I'm going to understand what my Christian experience is to be, I can't let it be what the world says it would be. Man, I tell you what, there's things happening in our town right now I cannot believe. I can't believe that some of the things that they're calling Christian. I can't believe those things. See, we're not expected to be what the world expects us to be, but we want to be everything that God has called us to be. So we can start through the book of Acts. It tells me, in fact, it tells me that I have now come in contact with a supernatural God. What does that mean? The God that not just uh, has not just created the natural laws, but now we have of God that if you 
allow your spirit to be alive in Him, you can connect with a supernatural. There's another set of laws that you as a believer, that God can operate through you. And part of those laws is I can hear God. I can, I can see God. And now I can feel God. Now, many of you came to church today. Now, you're sitting out here. And you may think, this is the experience. I'm going to sit here in my car. I'm going to just... Think about what I want to think about. I'm going to listen to Pastor Jerry preach. That's not the experience God brought you together here for today. God only brought you together where He could meet with you. If God's not meeting with you, we're really not coming together. God, by His Spirit, brought us. He called us. He said that we should we should not forsake the, the meeting of ourselves together. So it's God's will that we come together that He can come to us. Now, the reason God brought you here today is so that we together could join together and could believe for the presence of God. What God's telling us, that each one of us should not leave church today unless we leave with the presence of God. So how do you know the presence of God? You can feel the presence of God. Somebody, if you believe that, I want you to hear a horn blow. You can feel the presence of God. And not only can you feel the presence of God, but you can see God. Man, I tell you what, you can see God coming to your rescue. I went through a period of one time in my life, it was about two years of hard depression. During that two years, the hardest thing I, I had to do was to live every day. And I, But the thing that kept me going, that I would try to every day to go into the sanctuary of God. And there in the sanctuary of God, I could literally see in my heart, I could see Jesus coming to my rescue. I saw that day after day, month after month, and then year after year. And you know what? He did exactly what I was able to see. What He showed me, He came to do that. And He came and freed me. Amen? So it's just important to know that God... Now, there are two major reasons that we need to have a spiritual encounter with God. That we need to have a spiritual encounter with a supernatural God. The first reason is, each one of us needs a supernatural story. I pray that you don't leave this world with a natural story. I hope that your whole dimension of God wasn't that I walked an aisle one day and I said yes to God and then I tried to serve Him for the rest of my life. My prayer is this, that you have an encounter that builds a supernatural story in your life. To where you can tell those grandkids and you'll be able to tell those children. Yes, I remember when God came to me. I remember when I felt the hand of God placed upon my life. And I was in deep, dark depression, but God came to me. I saw the light come on in my life. Those are the kind of things that we want to build our story with. In fact, those are the things the whole Bible is built on. The whole Bible, every great man or every great woman in the Bible that did anything miraculously for God, they had a miraculous experience with a supernatural God. I mean, they heard God, they were able to see God and feel God. And what I'm telling you is this. I believe the world has short-circuited us. And then removed our expectancy on God showing up and God helping me. But this morning, I want us to begin to turn our faith around. Where that we can believe God, not only am I responding to God to come together, but God's responding to me by giving me His presence. And I pray that in every car or in every seat that's here this morning, my prayer is that you can sense the supernatural presence of God.
So the first reason is so I can have a story. T.J., God wants me to have a supernatural story. A supernatural story that becomes the second thing to give me a supernatural witness. God wants me to, have a, to, to meet a supernatural God like the Bible talked about to the degree that it builds a supernatural witness inside me. Amen? What do you say to a sickened world? You have to say there is a supernatural God that can come into broken hearts and broken lives and there's a supernatural God that can heal you. I'm telling you, we're not just on the basis of the world. If we're not careful as a believer, we will be, we will be satisfied with what the world calls religion. I'm here, I'm telling you, I'm not satisfied until the God of the Bible becomes the God that I serve. Amen? And the same supernatural God becomes a supernatural experience in all of my life. So what does it mean to have a, a divine encounter with God? Well, it, I, I can put it in this way. When you have been touched by God and no one has to tell you you've been touched by God is a supernatural encounter. Where you have been touched by the hand or the heart of God and to where no one has to argue with you or tell you that you've been touched by God. Amen? So that's the type. It's a encounter involves spirit because the Bible tells me that I have eyes inside of me that God wants to bring open to him. It involves hearing. That means I'm supposed to begin to hear with my spiritual ears. Somebody say spiritual ears. I'm supposed to begin to hear God, hear with my spiritual ears. And also a knowing. God wants to, it involves knowing. God wants me to know some secrets. The Bible says those that love God, He begins to reveal His secrets. Do you know God's got a secret to get you out of that mess? Do you know God has a secret to turn your family around? Did you know that God has a secret that can change your physical condition? Did you know that God has a secret that God can bring abundance of financially into our life? God has the powerful, wonderful, the Bible calls them secrets. And He reveals His secrets to those who love Him. So God wants me to know some things. In fact, the Bible calls it a spiritual gift that God can give into my life. God wants me to feel some things. You have, you have a feeling, you have a sixth sense that's greater than what the world does. The world can be out there and they can't find God, but you can find God wherever you are. Paul found God even in a prison cell. He began to feel the presence of God as it began. There's feelings that God wants to bring alive inside of each one of us. And then God wants us to be able to receive impartation. Man, God's got some things He wants to put in our lives that will totally change the people that we are. You need a miraculous testimony. And if you will begin to pursue the presence of God, God will help it to do that. Amen? Praise the Lord. And to have a spiritual encounter, we've got to be willing to press through. We've got to begin to press through. Don't be satisfied. See, some people are just satisfied with the promise of healing. They never press through to get a healing. Some people are satisfied with the promise of peace. But they never press through until it becomes actual peace into their life. Some people are satisfied with a lot of things that the world has offered them by telling them that's their view of God. 
But I'm telling you, if you will begin to press through, you will begin to find that the same God that's in that Bible is the same God that will come into your life for the glory of God. Amen? Amen. So I'm, I'm here today, and I just have to ask myself, what's God speaking to me? What's God putting in my heart? I want to quickly cover some quick things, very quickly, that can begin to tell us how I can change my position to gain the presence of God in a greater dimension. What can I do? The Bible tells me to draw closer to God or bring my heart closer, and God will respond by coming closer. So I'm going to quickly give us some things today that we can do. Now, we can do these things whether we're sitting in a car, we're sitting on these bleachers, or where we're sitting inside. You can, we can begin these things that will give us a posture. It will begin to develop a new posture in us so that we can receive the presence of God in a greater dimension. The first one I want to mention is the posture of waiting on God. Now, the Bible tells us over and over to wait on God. Now, first, let me tell you that this word wait is from the Greek word quava. And it has nothing to do with time. A lot of times we get this mixed up. We think waiting on God means I'm going to sit here and hum for 30 minutes and I'm going to wait on God. That's not what the Bible calls waiting on God. The waiting, waiting on God is not built on time. The waiting on God is built on my posture, my expectancy to hear God. Now, during COVID here at this, here at this church, we've had to change several things. We've had to change the length of time for service because I'm right here at 9, at 9.30. They've started the 9.30 service in there. A few minutes, I'll walk in there and finish the message that they started earlier. And then I'll turn right around at 10.30. We've had to change this. Stephen and, and the praise team have to do the same thing. I want to quickly tell you what. Waiting on God has nothing to do with time. Waiting on God has to do your heart's preparation for God to show up in your life. What people call waiting is it starts off with doubt. But I don't, I don't want my life to start off with doubt. Some people it does. It takes a long time. They have to wait through doubt. They have to wait through discouragement. Then they kind of bolster their, bolster their self up a little bit. And they get to a place to where, where they can believe God. But God's, God's, God's word for waiting is the, the period of our... It has nothing to do with time, but it has everything to do with my expectancy and my faith. And, and waiting on God, it, it means what I'm doing, I'm giving honor to God. Now, now let, let me quickly tell you this. Giving honor to God is not talking what service is going on. Giving honor to God is not looking on my phone when, so when, when the Word of God is being preached or when worship and praise is happening. Giving honor to God. If, I ha- if I'm waiting on God today, that means my expectancy is ready for God. That means I'm expecting at any moment for God to show up. Well, in fact, it's the same word. The Bible says, They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Talking about, and it classifies waiting on God as an eagle. The waiting on God is the same, is the same meaning as an eagle that waits, or the e- eagle is dependent upon the air to keep him afloat. As that eagle is in that air and he is waiting for the, or he's determining, or he's got expectancy for that air which he can't see to keep him in flight is the same exact waiting that you and I as a believer do in whatever situation you're going through or whatever situation you're facing. I want you to tell you, you're here expecting God to turn that thing around this morning in your life. 
That's the waiting on God. Like I say, waiting on God has nothing to do with time. Waiting on God has to do with your faith and your expectancy. I believe at any moment God is going to break this thing. I believe any moment this depression is going to break off of me. I believe that any moment things are going to turn around. I believe that any moment my family is going to change. At any moment my health is going to be renewed. I, and at any moment, and that's what the Bible calls waiting on God. Amen. Now, we could, we could stay there a little while, but, but I just want to say that waiting on the Lord is the first way that I'm going to make way for God's presence to come closer to my life. My expectancy. Now, if I'm, let me say again, it's been hard during COVID. There's so many distractions. There's distractions that are happening all up here. Hey, guys, y'all, y'all give attention over here. You're in church. Honor God. All right, let's honor the Lord. If I'm, if I'm expecting God to show up at any minute, then I'm honoring God. I'm, I'm honoring what He's doing. I'm looking for Him. There's only one star here this morning. You hear what I'm telling you? I'm not the star, certainly. The praise team is not the star, certainly. But there is a star that's here this morning, and His name is Jesus. And He's the star. And He's the star that all of us are looking for. And all of us are waiting on. And the reason we honor and give Him reverence and respect, that that's why we keep our attention on the things. I tell you what, there's so many things it takes, it takes to make service work here. There's so many things. Since we're outside and inside, over there's so many little logistics that has to happen. If we're not careful, all of our time goes into that. But I'm here to tell you, if nothing in this church works, I want to keep my attention and my focus upon Him because He's the only one that can change my situation and turn it around. Amen? So we focus on the Lord. The second thing is, we have to be able, ready to walk in humility. How do you know if you're in humility this morning? There's one basic way. How did you come to service? If you came to service mad and upset, disturbed about anybody, unwilling to forgive people, unwilling, then, then I'll tell you, that's not humility. Humility places my, it, my faith is placed on Jesus. That's why a person that the devil may have put a person in your path this week, that their, their mission from the devil was to, to uh, bring you into a place of unforgiveness. Or maybe there's someone that you deeply love disappointed you. But I tell you what, if, you're, if you have humility this morning, you realize I can trust whatever's happened to the hand of God. The reason that you can forgive people is because you can trust whatever's happened to the hand of God. That's why that you can come on this morning and not be disturbed and not be upset because that's humility. Humility says God is my only help. He is my only rescue. So He's the one that I'm looking to show my humility to today. So if you're humble this morning, that things you're not sitting there mad at somebody, upset with somebody, or are still upset from the rocket and the car as it was on the way here. But you realize, man, that my humility is, that my dependency is so on God for God to move. Amen? Praise the Lord. If I humble myself, I can meet God here today. If I can do that, if I can lay aside, if I can trust God to make the moves that He needs to move. The third thing, if we have to be driven by desperation. 
a desperate man finds a way to press into God. Amen. Somebody said, well, you know what? I'm just, I'm just going to take this thing casually. Not if, not if you want to move with God in your life. Man, a desperate man moves toward God. A desperate man. The Bible said in Psalms chapter 50, verse 15, they said, and call upon me in the day of trouble and I'll deliver you. That's what God is saying to us this morning. What is God saying to your situation? God said, call unto me and I'll answer you. Cry out to me and I will answer you. There's a desperation. In Mark chapter 10, it's the story of blind Bartimaeus. He was a beggar sitting on the side of the road. But notice what it says in verse 47. He began to shout and to say, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. They kept trying to quieten him down. I'm going to tell you what, some of you this morning, the devil's doing everything that he can do to quieten you down. But you're refusing to be quiet. You're refusing. You're desperate for God. That thing's not going to get your attention. That phone not going to get your attention. Those people are not going to get your attention. I'm desperate for God. And I'm going to keep my focus right on God. And I'm going to move toward God. Amen. And that's what it means to be desperate for the Lord. Now, I understand a little bit of desperation. If you're a dad or a mom here today, you can understand. Have you ever lost a, a child in a, in a crowd? Man, I had two, I've had two major experiences with that. One of them was in, when I was on a beach with my children. And all of a sudden, Crystal got lost in there. I'm going to tell you, I want to show you a desperate dad. I ran, I moved, I was asking, I was looking under every umbrella because I was at a point to where I was desperate to find that girl. Amen. Another one is, is when I had my grandkids off, I was watching them in a store, a big store down in Natchitoches, Louisiana, I think it was. They had a big, uh, some kind of a special day going on there. And I lost one of my grands. And I tell you what, you're looking at a desperate man. I went through that store every way I could. I went out of that store, around that store, because I knew that I had found it. If you understand what it is to be desperate for God, you know that I don't care. You can act good to somebody else. You can show off to somebody else. You can be prideful on somebody else. Somebody else cannot help you, honey. But Jesus can. If I can break through and find Jesus this morning, my life can change. If I can touch Jesus, my whole world can turn around. So we learn to be desperate for God. Amen. The next thing I want to mention to you, you have to be deliberate actions of obedience. You may think that you can live any kind of way and be close to God. It doesn't happen that way, honey. I want you to know salvation is free. But if I'm going to live a life that's going to be rewarded in this life and in the next life, there's going to be certain ways that God's going to have to be able to live through me. The righteousness that I receive by faith through Him, that righteousness has to live out through me. And I tell you, God is expecting obedience. I'm going to ask you, what has God told you to do? What has God spoken to your heart? What has God burdened you for? What has God convicted you of? What is it that the Lord has, has done or, or said in your life that, that you have not yielded to yet? I mean, most of us here this morning... We say we don't hear God, but most of us know exactly what God wants us to do. There's a sense inside of us that directs that I shouldn't walk down that street. That's the wrong street. I shouldn't live that way because that's the wrong way to live. I shouldn't be handling that situation because that's the wrong way. Let me tell you what, if I'm going to get the presence of God in my life, that means I'm going to have to be willing to make deliberate actions of obedience to God. Now, I want to quickly mention a wonderful testimony. 
And it's a testimony of Dwayne and Laura. Uh, Dwayne and Laura Gordon, they're, they're such precious, precious people here. But Laura and Dwayne had a dilemma. And their dilemma was that they wanted a child. And they had tried for years to, to have a child, and, and it, they were unable to do it. So they came. They came as Dwayne and Laura came part of this church, and we've come to love them more and more. We found out that was their great desire. But God began to speak to Dwayne what he needed to do to release that miracle in his life. And what Dwayne had to do, he had to change his uh, deliberate actions toward church. What God told him to do was start coming to prayer meeting. God spoke to Dwayne's heart and said, if you will begin to come to prayer meeting and let people pray for you, then you're going to find the miracle that you look for. I'm going to tell you what, Dwayne did that. Dwayne and Laura, they, they changed their routine. Everybody say, change your routine. There's some things. Do you know there's miracles that God's just waiting for, for us to change our routine? Now, let me say this. There is a Sunday morning routine, and that may be your full religious duty. But I'm going to tell you what. I've been pastor for about 50 years. There's very few miracles that I've, come, that I've seen happen to people that only have a Sunday morning routine. Your religion's got to mean more to you than that. Your God's got to mean more to you than that. It's got to, it's got to be an effort to, and somebody said, well, I got to make it in life. The best way to make it in life is to make it with Him, honey. I believe that with all of my heart. Amen. One of the, one of the richest men I've ever known. I, God's blessed me to be able to have the best two or three, what the world would call extremely rich men. And, and one of the richest men that I've known, uh, in fact, he, he gave us most of the things inside, or a lot of these things inside this church, he gave to us. Now, he lives in Dallas, Texas. He attends Gateway Church. But what he is, and he is, he has, God put on his heart to start a company. And in that company, he lived for his God and he lived for his church. He refused to live for that job. The more he lived for God and the more he lived for that church, the more God blessed that job. And today he stands before us as a millionaire, one that has great amounts of money because he learned how to do his priorities right. So God began to deal with Dwayne. He said, Dwayne, wants you to begin to come to, to, a, to a, a prayer meeting. So God, Dwayne began to do that. And Laura, I'm going to tell you what. And you saw here just a few months ago, we baptized the result. Or not baptized, but we dedicated the results of that as they was able to hold that precious little one, which was miraculous, that happened to their life. So what is it that God may be dealing with that you need to change? God, learn to hear from God and is what whatever God tells you. I love what Mary said. And that's what the only scripture really, or the main scripture I used in this said, John chapter 2 said, whatever He says, just do it. Just whatever He says, do it. Whatever He said. Uh, used to be our praise leader was a wonderful lady named Peggy Brumley. Peggy's with the Lord now. And Peggy was has been a wonderful sister. I mean... I, the bygone years, Peggy's been one of Lane and I's favorite friends of all all time. And Peggy was our praise leader here in this church, out in the old church. And God and Peggy, there were some things that, that Peggy really wanted God to do for her. And, and God began to deal with it. Well, Peggy came up one day. I could tell that she had a visitation from God. And she said, Jerry, she said, I had a visitation from the Lord, Brother Jerry. She said, she said, in this visitation, God showed me. She, he said, God showed me a great wall. And I knew that what I needed in life was on the other side of that wall. 
But he said, Jerry, I was standing on this side of the wall and I had all these things that I felt like I needed also to get them to the other side of that wall. He said, but there was just a little crack and a crevice, a little hole in that. He said, what I learned was for me to get to the other side of that wall, I had to lay all that baggage that I had down. She said, Jerry, I came to a place, I made the decision to do that in this vision time with the Lord. She said, I made the decision to lay down those things that I thought I needed. I laid them down. I crawled through that wall. And Lord and behold, I popped up on the other side of that wall. And she said, when I popped up on the other side of the wall, not only did I have all the things that I had desired, but all those things I'd left behind, God had miraculously transferred them into that other side of that wall. I'm just telling you, if what God's telling you to do, you can do it knowing that God's taking care of you. Whatever it is that's going on in your life, you can know that God is taking care of you. We're going to stop right there and, and look toward the Lord. Now, we've talked about a few things. There's about three or four more things I, I feel like I need in my heart to talk to you about later. But right now, we've talked about the importance of waiting on God. We've talked about if I'm going to get the presence of the Lord, if I'm going to move into this closer place with God... I must come to a place to where that I'm waiting on God. So I want to talk to you about your expectancy. I want to talk about you the way you honor God. I, I want to talk to you about when you show up for church, you're expecting God to show up. I, I want to talk to you about that you're giving your attention, you're giving your focus, you're not letting things steal your attention or focus away. You're keeping your focus on God because you know that your answer is in the Lord. And I want to tell you that the Bible gives you the promise. Those that wait that way, those that wait on the Lord, they'll renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run and not grow weary. And they'll walk and not faint. God said that I can miraculously come to your rescue if you're willing to wait upon me. God said, honor me. Respect me. Respect my word. Honor my word. Give me your attention when you show up in church. The moment the moment church starts, I try to do that. I get I get probably twenty people that's pecking me on the shoulder, and it's 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 hard. It's like it is you. I mean, we get calls, everything, but whether I'm going to get the presence of God is going to mean whether I can keep pulling myself back to make sure the reason I am here is for Him. And make sure that my attention is placed upon Him. Then I, I must not only look at that, but I must begin to think about also that am I driven by this desperation? Am, am I desperate, man? Now, I'm going to tell you what. Can I be honest with you? If you're desperate for God, there's going to be some things change. Weather is changing. Things becoming cooler out here. We're not having to stay in car with the heat. They're going to begin to same thing change. I can tell you a moment who's here desperate this morning and who's not. The desperate person said, when's worship going to start? I'm going to worship. And, and you're doing everything that you can to worship God with all of your heart. You can tell a desperate person, they're just waiting. Those are called as given. I'm going to respond. I, I, I want to answer the call to come closer to Jesus. You can tell a desperate person. Just the same way as I told you when I lost my daughter or lost my grandchild too. 
There wasn't a person around me that could not tell I was desperate. They knew. And, and because people could see my desper- desperation, they began to help me. I'm here to tell you, you've got to appear before God desperate. You've got to be that blind Bartimaeus that say, Shut up! Be quiet! You say, No! That's Jesus! He's passing by! Jesus! 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 And no matter what the world tries to do to you through insecurity, inferiority, it can't quieten you down. Because you're determined. I've got to touch Jesus. Can you say amen? And then, humility. I've got to show up with humility. I've got to be willing... To forgive everybody for everything. And trust my life to God. I've got to trust that He is the judge. And I can I can trust Him. I can trust God to, to when somebody does me bad. I, I can trust God when somebody's talking about me. I, I can trust God. So, so immediately I can forgive them because I trust God to work this thing out. I'm trusting the Lord. So if you're here this morning in humility, if you're showing up saying, I can trust the Lord. I can trust the Lord with my life. (laughs) Oh, I can trust the Lord with everything I've been through. I can trust the Lord. If you're showing up in the presence of God saying, I can trust the Lord with everyone that's done me wrong. I can trust the Lord with all of that's been beat, all the beatings that's come to me and all of the words that's been said against me. I can trust God. That's, that's why I can smile today. That's why I can praise God today because I trust the Lord. I'm going to ask you this morning, out of the four things that we mentioned this morning, out of the waiting out of the humility, out of the desperation for God, and out of the deliberate actions of obedience. If there's one of those that you need to yield to the Lord in, I want you to do something. I want you to get up. I want you to step outside your car. I want you to do it for the Lord. I want to honor Him. Or if you hear it, then just stand up. If that's you, if, if there's that in your life that you know, and God is saying, I love you. I, I want you. I want you. I want you. I want you. I, I want you. I, Oh, if we could just have the Father's imagination of how much God loves us and how much God wants us and what God is willing to do to help us. If you're here this morning, if you need to surrender one of those areas to the Lord, just step outside that car very quickly. If you, if you want the presence of God that much or that bad or that strong, then God's going to hear you cry and God's going to come to you. Lord, in the name of Jesus, bring the music up just a little bit more for me. Lord, in the name of Jesus, we cry out to you. We cry out to you, Lord. <laughs> Lord, here I am, desperate for you. You're the only one, God, that can change my life, that can, that can help my life, that can, that can turn around my life. You're the only one, God. So here I stand, desperate for you, Lord. And Lord, I stand before you in humility today, God. Letting grudges be gone. Letting unforgiveness, Lord. Let it float away from me, oh God. 
that I can have a right heart with you. I can trust my wrongs are my rights to you, God. I can trust you, Lord. Here I am, God. I'm, I'm waiting on you. <laughs> I'm expecting you, God. I'm, I'm fully expecting you. I'm waiting on you, Lord. Oh, I'm waiting on you. I'm, I'm fully expecting you to show up and show up and show out and help me, oh God. I'm expecting things to change, Lord. I'm expecting that health issue to dissolve in your glory, Lord. I'm expecting, Lord, that that family trauma that's going on right now, Lord, I'm expecting it to dissipate the joy of God and the grace of God to come. Boy, that mental agony that I've been facing, that depression and that discouragement, Lord, as I fully expect you, God, to show up in my life. And Lord, I'm expecting to wake up in the morning alert and fresh and no agony anymore. I'm fully expecting, God. I'm fully expecting you to turn it all around for me. To change that job situation and to, and to turn those people around that I need you to so desperately touch, God. Then most of all, Lord, I'm expecting you to show up in me to change me to help me to strengthen me in Jesus name I fully expect many of you to have that encounter that you desire as we take the big eraser the Bible says that the things that I've done that they built a wall between me and God that I'm erasing those things out. And that's what was happening this morning. We was erasing that wall. So God can come to me. So God can help me.